Guys, welcome to Recruiting is No Joke. I'm your host, Joel Lalji. This is episode 51. So we crossed 50 and now we're heading to 100. Super excited about that. Uh, I've got a great guest today. And so as always, if you can, let me know who's out there. Get into the chat. Say who you are, what agency you're with, what company you're with. Um, and then if you have questions or comments, please, please, please get in the chat and ask those questions. Uh, I will be taking questions and putting them on screen. And then as always, if you're looking for a job or you're on the market and you want to post what job you're looking for, I'm happy uh, to do that. But the, the focus of this uh, podcast is recruitment. So uh, just keep that in mind. And as always, I want to give a special shout out to MetaView. Guys, if you are still typing your interview notes, it's 2023. You need to take a look at MetaView's AI technology that will not only transcribe conversations, it will summarize conversations, and it's an altogether awesome product. So if you want to try that out, I will put the link on today's chat, and I'll also put a link to that in the show notes as well. So go try MetaView for free and let me know what you think. Uh, but welcome, everybody. So again, just get in the chat. Let us know who is out there. And I'm going to welcome today's guest on, Danny Cahill. Great to see you. Hey, great Joel. To, uh, great to have you on the show. Why don't you, uh, for anyone who doesn't know who you are, which I'm sure uh, aren't, isn't too many people out there, give us a, just give us a quick intro on, on who you are and what you do, and then we'll get into uh, today's episode. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take uh, uh, three and a half decades and, and make it <laughs> for you. Um, yeah, it's the only job I ever had. Uh, I started a few days out, out of college um, and uh, didn't want to be in sales, didn't know what recruiting was. A year later, I was uh, addicted to it, passionate about it, knew it was going to be the rest of my life. I, uh, I took to it quickly, um, was good at it, uh, went at it happy and hard, was a top producer in my firm um, for four years in a row. And then I bought the firm at 26. Um, wow. And I had uh, visions of building it, scaling it, and being more of a national search firm. Um, and I made those things happen. Um, now it's one of the uh, oldest and largest privately held search firms in the country. Um, people started asking me to speak uh, to figure out how I did it. Um, and once I realized that was going pretty well, I started a, a motivational speaking business as well as an online training and coaching site, which is the largest in the staffing industry called According to Danny. Um, and I mentor um, many of the world's top producers. So uh, my recruiting firm is kind of a think tank for my training firm and my coaching business also becomes sort of a, a think tank for the things I talk about in webinars and podcasts and, and conferences. So yeah, that's me. I love it. Let me, let me ask you this, what, what, um, what side of the business do you enjoy more? Do you enjoy more recruitment side and, and kind of the, the business side or the coaching and the training and development and, and kind of the speaking side? Oh, you know, that, that's a great question. Um, so I don't think anything uh, will ever take the place of the feeling of making a deal happen. Um, uh, I was born hunter, so I, I loved going out into nothing and coming back with a search and then filling it. And that always along with being super lucrative always had a certain um payoff emotionally and psychologically that you can't you know if you're a true if you're a true recruiter there's no topping that but i have to say i i, I found uh, a tremendous amount of satisfaction in teaching it to other people and 
the most joy I have is to hire somebody at 22, like I was, who has no idea what they're doing, what they want to do in life. And then if uh, they follow the system and do what I tell them three years later, they're buying a house or buying a Porsche um, and have a little bit of swagger. And I love that. You know, I love that we help make that happen. Yeah, I love I love that, too. I think, um, yeah, I think interesting with the coaching side and working with people on, on that end. It's uh, it is good seeing people being developed and, and kind of watching them in their journey. Yeah. Cur- curious, at, you know, like when you when you think about when you started in recruitment. Sure. Um, compared to now, like obviously tech has there's been so many. I mean, there's been a ton of changes in tech over the last five years. Um, sure. But it seems like at least from my vantage point, um, that we even kind of going back to this need for more kind of like that human touch. Um, so I guess from your perspective, with seeing all of the tech that's out there and, and just and kind of seeing all of these products that are, are going to displace recruiters, what are your thoughts on that? And like, what are your thoughts on some of the things that just make somebody a great recruiter in, in general? And, and uh, you know, some of those things that just can't be replaced by technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so first of all, I uh, have no sentimentality about it at all. Um, mm. I, I want to build a big search firm. And if the way I did it to build it no longer matters, then, you know, fuck it. Let's do it your way. Um, show me a better way. And I'm, I'm all in. I just want to have a, a badass search firm. Having said that, um, I'm a big tech stack person. I don't see how you could possibly be a great recruiter today if you don't have. Hey guys, I wanted to take a quick break to mention my sponsor, MetaView. MetaView is the AI assistant for interviewing. It completely removes the need for recruiters to take notes during interviews because their AI is designed to take world-class interview notes for you. The result? You're safe from the drudgery of note-taking and can instead spend time on what actually matters, being present, curious, and engaging with candidates, then making high-quality decisions based on insight, not memory. also means your organization has 10 times better data about every candidate you speak to because you're no longer relying on people to remember everything that was discussed and submit accurate notes. Unlike humans, MetaView never gets tired. It doesn't forget anything and it structures the notes perfectly. Recruiters at companies like Brex, Robinhood, and Cura describe MetaView as a game changer for their efficiency and ability to have high quality interactions with candidates. MetaView lets them focus on the conversation rather than on taking notes. See the magic for yourself for free on your first five interviews. Head over to www.metaview.ai backslash no joke to get started. LinkedIn recruiter, uh, a database like a Zoom info, um, a transcriptive intelligence product, like in your case, MetaView, there's others. Um, obviously, you have to have a, a, a CRM. Um, I don't see how you could be effective without that level of automation and systems engineering. And you need to be competent and you need to be literate uh, from that perspective. Having yep. said that, um, coaching and mentoring the top people, it always comes down to why'd that deal go south? Mm. Well, I didn't know that she had another offer. She wouldn't tell me uh, what else she had going. Um, I never really understood her reason for looking. Um, She took a counter offer. Um, What doesn't change, it seems to me, is first of all, sales training and understanding how to persuade people 
Um, and the thing that made uh, me uh, an effective recruiter uh, way back when still makes people effective recruiters, which is your ability to read people. Mm. Uh, I always had the gift of knowing, okay, this client is jerking me around. I'm done with them. Bye. As opposed to, holy cow, this could be a great major account. Holy cow. Uh, I could always tell whether a candidate was um, just being flattered or, or whether they really wanted to make a job change. Um, that's a gift I can't give you, but if you have it, then I can make it better and I can show you uh, how to ask good questions to get that information sooner. So, you know, it is certainly a myth to think if I have all the badass tech stack in the world, <laughs> the world has changed so much that these recruiters from the 90s don't have a clue. Uh, a lot of those recruiters from the 90s uh, bought the tech stack and they still know how to close deals. And yeah, they're doing great, um, much better than the people. The people that suffer the most that I see at seminars, um, when I say, what was your basic sales training? They go, I don't know what you're talking about. I, mm. I was handed a LinkedIn recruiter seat and told to go find job postings and then source for candidates. Well, I mean, yeah, that's where the problem is. The problem is the recruiters that fail nowadays, Joel, um, they're essentially doing what internal recruiters do. They're sourcing candidates who are looking for job postings. Well, that's what internal recruiting does. Why, why would they need you? Why would they pay you for that? I don't, I don't have an answer for that. Uh, we get paid to find people they can't find uh, and then deliver those people because most of those people need to be persuaded and closed. Um, and if you don't know how to do that, you can fail no matter how good your technology is. Yeah. No, and... Like I said, one of the, one of the interesting things with all of the technology we're seeing, you know, I'm, I'm thinking a lot about like the messaging tools, sure. sequencing tools, and and this is the same with sales as well, just in general. Like if you're in B two B sales, the amount of just volume nowadays in our inboxes, it's it's almost getting out of hand, and so I've just noticed that people res are responding more to those genuine one on one messages and. You know, unless you really have a relationship with someone, obviously, if you can offer them something in the moment mm -hmm. at the right time, it's going to resonate. But this, this idea of knowing how to build modern day relationships is, is huge as well. And, and I think that that is that's a skill that, that not everybody has. It's almost like reading people. It's that same type of skill. Like, how do no you build question. relationships? No question. How, how do you how do you vet that out? And, and I know we're getting a little bit off talk. This isn't necessarily what, where I wanted to go with this conversation, but I'm just sure. curious, like in your, in your experience when you're, because again, I think for a lot of agency owners and even internal teams, trying to find really good recruitment talent is a challenge. So how do yeah. you vet out like how someone, you know, if someone's going to be a great recruiter, how do you do that in, a, in an interview with a recruiter, if that makes sense? Sure. So um, I just did it this morning. Uh, so I interview a recruiter. Um, this person was experienced, um, not a lot of experience, but had some experience. So I'm trying to figure out, do they have natural people reading skills? That's the important thing, but I can't ask them that. Cause if I ask them, Joel, do you have good people reading skills? It's <laughs> yeah. like asking them if they love their mother in front of their mother. Right. So what I do is I finish my interview and then I have them talk to a senior recruiter mm. under the guise of, would you like to meet somebody who's doing it every day and see how, what this place is really like? If they were to say no, then I show them the door. But if they say, sure, I'd love to talk to somebody else. 
I haven't talked to a senior recruiter, sometimes a junior recruiter. It doesn't matter who they talk to. I could have not talked to a janitor. Then I have not come back. And then I say, Joel, you have now met Lisa. So now there's one person in the world we both know, Lisa. So tell me about Lisa. Mm. And now we're testing their people reading ability. And the good ones have detailed feedback. Um, and they notice things. The really good ones notice things that I haven't even noticed about Lisa. And she's been here 30 years. Uh, the ones who go, oh, she seemed nice. <laughs> okay. Have a nice day. You're not going to be a great recruiter. Yeah. So that's, my, that's my go-to way of doing it. No, I love that. I think uh, I don't know whether I've heard I've, I've heard of that. Uh, I've heard of like introducing people to the team for them to get to know them. But I, I, yeah. I love that. And not prompting people and going, hey, I'm going to test right. you at the end. <laughs> yes. uh, <laughs> okay. Well, I know you, uh, I think we, we were just chatting uh, before the show, you know, obviously 2023 um, has been a challenging year, I think, for everybody in the sure. recruitment business. Uh, so curious kind of what you're seeing in the market right now in, you know, maybe in the last couple of months. And then also curious about what you're anticipating for 2024, kind of what you're hearing with clients you're working with, uh, with, yeah. with your recruitment team as well. Yeah. So there's a, there's a, about 500 firms in the according to Danny ecosystem, but I, I, I get the actual numbers um, from about 24 of them who are sort of mentoring clients. I would say it's fair to say, the average firm was off 30 to 40% last year. Yeah. Um, those are the, the numbers that I see and they come to me on a spreadsheet. They're not just made up in the moment. Um, we were 81% uh, a goal last year, our first year below 100% in five years. So yeah, I don't think there's any question. It was a down year for most people. Why? Well, because uh, the party was over. Uh, inflation had, had skyrocketed. So the Fed said, we got to cool off the economy. You do that by raising interest rates, which by definition slows down the economy, which by definition slows down hiring. And yet people forget that it would have been okay because let's look at what we have. We have uh, historically low unemployment. We have wage growth. Um, we have a, a, a killer stock market. We've got companies who have uh, more money in their balance sheets than ever. By all standard ways of measuring the economy, it's a really good economy. The problem is it's come on the heels of two and a half of the best years in the history of the recruiting business. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the people that are probably, you know, your listeners, um, they jumped on the bandwagon in 2020 and they heard recruiting is super hot. Okay. So these people, God bless them. Um, never knew a bad market. Hell, they never even knew a good market. All they knew was the greatest market ever. So when you have a fairly normal year in 23, it seems awful. It yeah. seems terrible only because you don't know. So um, I think the firms that, I mean, I told you before this call, we, we've had a really strong three or four months. We've had October was our best month of the year. Why? Because, um, I was able to finally shake my senior people out of their entitled, complacent, fat, um, you know, sense of uh, why should I have to work this hard? It wasn't this hard two years ago. Mm. Yeah, no, it wasn't, but it is now. So make a decision. So we became much more BD centric. We did a lot more training on overcoming objections. We did a lot more uh, training on how to handle pricing objections, how to talk to internal HR. 
we stopped chasing job postings and we started going after real jobs that internal HR doesn't even know about yet. Um, and once it took three to six months to do that, to sort of recalibrate and slap people around. I was not a real popular guy in the office. <laughs> and then once we started to get business, um, they were like, oh, yeah, this stuff works. I remember now. So honestly, Joel, I think 24 won't be much different than 23. And if you haven't made any of those adjustments, yeah, 24 will suck for you as well. But in reality, it's really a good economy. It's, a, yeah. it's by historical standards, it's a great economy. It just seems worse than it is. How how important is it, do you think, as you know, somebody who's leading a recruitment agency, or yeah. you know, let's say you're, you're a senior member of a uh, of an agency, how important is it that you keep your own mindset kind of away from what you're reading in the news or what you're seeing on LinkedIn? Because I, I I feel like that's yeah getting harder to do. Like I don't, it feels like people are spending more time on social media and they're looking at the LinkedIn headlines and, you know, the last year LinkedIn headlines and their like new section has just been terrible. So I guess, how do you coach people on, you know, instead of, instead of dwelling on, okay, my biggest client maybe isn't as big this year. How do you, how do you kind of coach people to just get past that problem? I guess, how do, how do you, how do you coach people to get to that point? Yeah, you know, this is where um, I guess in one way I'm, I'm uh, good to work for and another way I'm probably a tough guy to work for because um, I, I was raised really poor. Uh, I, I, I knew what it was like to not know if we were going to be evicted on a Friday and whether we were going to be uh, uh, cold over the, over the winter because we couldn't afford oil. We were a poor family. So I just have absolutely no patience for, I just read a terrible article on LinkedIn. <laughs> okay. Doesn't surprise me. But you also made seven calls today. Mm. How long did it take you to, to, to read the LinkedIn article? How dumb are you? How slow do you read? So if it's, if you want to feel sorry for yourself, um, then this is the wrong place for you because I haven't seen, I say this all the time to my people, explain to me how worrying helps. You know, the, the, the statistic that they, they often use is that 70% of the things you worry about never happen. So that is a colossal waste of your time. You know, we all have the same 24 hours a day, and it's just a question of what you do with them, right? So, you know, don't, don't tell me, um, you know, you, uh, you don't have time to go to the gym, um, but then tell me that you, you know, you, you played video games for an hour. Like, we really have to make a decision. Mm -hmm. um, and... And, and the online stuff, especially, and this is true, you know, this is going to get worse with an election year. Um, we know negativity sells. Negativity sells. You're not going to get any clicks if the LinkedIn article is, everything's pretty good. How was your day? <laughs> exactly. Everything's pretty good, actually. Um, no, it's got to be, this is the end of the world. You know, no one's going to hire. Internal HR is going to replace us. I mean, AI is, a, is, I think, a classic example of this. AI is easy to scare people with, right? So, uh, like I said, I'm a, I'm all about. We got a better way. Great, let's do the better way. So I was on ChatGPT a year ago. I've I've now been to uh, New York City and, and downtown Hartford for eight different lectures on AI. I've been fooling around with ChatGPT. 
Um, and it just, it, it, I just want to tell everybody, relax. It is, it is wonderful uh, to, uh, to create generative content, right? So if, if you are slow to write emails or you write badly or you just use the same templates all over again, or frankly, and I don't mean this in a demeaning way, if you place low-level contractors where all you do is send out the same email all over again, sure, ChatGPT will do it for you, and it's serviceable. It is in no way, shape, or form good or original, has no voice. Um, putting aside for the fact that um, the estimates right now are about 6% of all things you ask AI to do uh, will result in errors, which AI likes to call hallucinations. Um, they they don't know how soon they're going to be able to use it in things like uh, medical jargons or law enforcement because it just makes stuff up um, that aren't true. And lawyers are scared to death to have paralegals uh, do it because they, they may end up getting sued for it. But yeah, sure, it'll write you a, a, a submission of a candidate. Sure, it will. Um, it, it will. It will do a lot of the basic emailing you want to do. And if you write poorly and you need to do an email blast fast, it's serviceable. But as you say, is serviceable really what we want when they're getting so many emails? And if you picture a world not far away, because I know Bullhorn's coming out with a, an AI a, a addendum that you can buy, and I fooled around with it. And yeah, you can, you can tell it to write a casual um, pitch on this job to Joel, um, and it will do so. It will be serviceable. How it's going to be distinguished from all the other ones Joel's getting is beyond exactly. me. I'll tell you what it won't do. It won't call Joel. Um, and that's how you distinguish yourself from Joel's emails, right? So uh, it's a tool. And I can't tell you how many times, and God, I hate I'm like, how old this makes me feel. But when Monster came out, they told me it was going to replace recruiting. There would be no reason for agencies with job boards. And then it turned out to enhance recruiters. Then they said the same thing about social media and LinkedIn. There'd be no reason after LinkedIn came out in 2003, why there'd be recruiters in five years. It turns out we're LinkedIn's biggest clients. <laughs> they, so need, we, they need recruiters for this. So exactly. So here we go again, where you know internal recruiting and AI is gonna replace recruiters. And uh, I, I promise you it won't. That's all I can say. No, I look. I've looked at a lot of these products. I've talked to a lot of leaders within companies around, around AI and, you know, internal recruiting leaders. And a lot of them don't even have the time to look at the in-depth for these tools because there's just so many of them coming out. Correct. But the one thing I hear is, you know, we want that human, we want that human touch. So to me, the best AI just makes you more effective as, and allows you to be more human and kind of get yes. with the admin tasks, right? If it frees you up to do more relationship work, then it's good. When you think exactly. it's going to replace that, you will fail. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, you know, I think with uh, one of the things I've heard in, in 2024, obviously it's kind of like what you said, right? Some steady growth and, and those types of things. I'm, I'm curious if you, you know, if you have a recruiter that's let's say in a market and you know, that market's been hit or it has taken a hit. Like how have you been kind of coaching people to, to switch and to pivot into other things? What advice do you have for people in terms of knowing just when to make a change and go, okay, you know what? It's just not happening right now. I need to, I need to switch my focus. I need to start learning about a new market. 
How right. have you been navigating that? Yeah. So um, let's get specific because I think it will help your people. So technology um, companies, and I'm talking about big software companies, you know, that, that's what we call technology companies. Um, so technology and the tech sector in general was super hard hit. No question about it. But it's a great um, example of what you're talking about. So all year long, I had people call me and say, hey, I'm in tech, you know, read the papers, Amazon's letting go 10,000, Facebook's letting go half the freight. And once the big guys do it, then the smaller guys get scared and they stop hiring. And tech is famous for, right, uh, move fast and break things, you know, the classic Google thing. Um, so they hire too many people in good times um, and they fire too fast in bad times, right? So tech sector, that happens every five or six years. It was happening in 23. So people would call me and they would say, hey, I've been in tech for 14 years, but I it's dead. I've been thinking about going into chemical engineering. What do you think? I, I think you're crazy is what I think. Um, first of all, the, the sector you, by the time you get up and running in a new sector, your sector will have come back um, and you will rue the day. Um, because a lot of your major uh, clients will be back and then you're going to have to switch back. Um, what works in my experience is not to try a new niche where, you know, I could get away with it 20 years ago, Joel. Uh, and I did, I was, I was placing software salespeople 20 years ago after nine 11 uh, tech sector got hit hard and I moved us into biotech. Um, but I had the luxury of, I had the recruiters working for me. I, I took myself and a senior recruiter and we just called all the biotech companies. We had the time to build that up. And biotech was close enough aligned to technology. Um, but nowadays, you it takes too long to build that up. You would not have the time to do it. Somebody else could get in it faster. Here's another example, by the way, where the tools give you the impression, hey, I've got LinkedIn recruiter. I could work in any area. I could do chemical engineering. I, I, no, now you're going to become a superficial recruiter with very little domain expertise. Well, you, you hear that a lot. That is no, one of the common things I know. I, hear. I, know, and it's, I can recruit in anything. It's a suicide mission. Um, yeah. LinkedIn recruiter is giving people the, the false sense that they can find anybody for anything. I'm a recruiter. Recruiting is recruiting. I can find anybody. Yeah. Okay, but guess what? You're going to find five people really fast who are bad fits for your job, and you're not going to be able to beat somebody who's a subject matter expert who hung in their niche. Now, I get that that's not a very satisfactory answer for somebody who says their niche is dead. So what I tell people is you need to calm down and you need to find a niche that is what I call niche adjacent. What is niche adjacent to you? So in my world, I said, I don't know anything about healthcare, so I'm not going to place nurses. I've been placing software salespeople. But you know what? biotech has the word tech in its name and they must sell their product somehow. So I think I can move niche adjacent into biotech or digital health faster than I can suddenly figure out how to recruit nurses because everybody's saying nurses are, are, are in such high demand. So try to find something niche adjacent because you can be successful in something niche adjacent. You can still come across like you know what you're talking about to some degree when you're niche adjacent. And you can still be close enough to your niche when it comes back and it will. That I love that. No, it's, it's, it's so funny you use the example of nurses. Cause I feel like that is the, uh, 
that's always the area that people that's always yeah. healthcare. And I'm like, yeah. look, the reason there's demand for nurses isn't because healthcare is growing. It's because nobody wants to be a nurse. So it's just exactly talk uh, to a so, nurse recruiter before you do that because they can't find any people. Uh, so yeah, that is it. As um, yeah, and look, I experienced I experienced something very similar. I think over the last couple of years, I have bounced between industries. Yeah. Um, and to your point, it's like the amount of time it takes to build up the relationships, the connections, the conversations. By the time you've done that, the market will have shifted in, you know, usually the direction uh, that you wanted it to do in the first place. In, in terms of the subject matter expertise, in terms of becoming that authority, um, you know, I, I would imagine with you know, social media, and you kind of mentioned the digital side, some, some of this has potentially shifted, but maybe not, I guess, what are you, what are your tips on becoming that go-to that thought leader that, um, you know, that having that domain expertise, how, how do you get people to that point? And what's even yeah. a realistic timeline for that? Well, see, that's where, um, all of a sudden I become a very big tech advocate. That's where I think is the magic. I don't think it's very helpful. The automation, um, for a senior recruiter who's well versed in his niche, it's it's nice. It's a, you know the the sourcing part of AI will help you find candidates faster. But we're all finding the candidates fast enough. It's a question of finding clients who want to want to see them. Um, but what's magic is I now feel like a junior recruiter can become a senior recruiter faster mm. because of things like the scoops part of Zoom info. Where you can where you can get a profile, you can say to Chat TVT, you know, get me the get me the the profile information on this company. I don't know who this company is. I'm about to call them. Um, profile their CEO for me. Get get me some some data so that I can sound like I know what I'm talking about in a cold call. It was literally years of making a hundred calls a day before I and I was placing tech people. I'm, I'm an English major, right? I, I can barely steer my car. I don't know what these people do. So it took me, it took me a couple of years of asking really stupid questions. And then after two years, I was like, yeah, okay. Now I know my shit. I, I, I could interview for one of these jobs now. I got this. But there was no other way other than saying, Joel, can you tell me what you do? Joel, can you explain what this buzzword is to me? Now I can find out what those buzzwords are before. I can get a little bit of an education you know, it's so easy for people to say fake it till you make it, but you need a little information to do that. And what I'm finding is I'm more excited than ever to hire a 22 year old because I've mm. a lot of 22 year olds fail, not because they're not born salespeople, not because they aren't excited about doing it. Um, they just come from a four years of learning at a college and they're living at home and they can live on a low draw but they are tired of being stupid and they don't understand their niche. I can teach them recruiting I can't teach everybody their niche fast. Here's where the automation helps. Here's where the information helps. It is disgraceful, I tell my people, for you to make a cold call. That doesn't mean you've ever talked to Joel before, but you should know something about Joel. You should know something about his company. You should know the value prop of their particular product or service. And you should be able to talk intelligently because of the tools I've given you. So I don't think it has much impact on a senior person. I think it has game-changing, life-changing impact on a rookie. Yeah, I love that. And I think, look, I, I know uh, like Snapchat, for example, they have a chat bot feature uh, where you're able just to, you know, it's a chat bot. So you can just have yeah. conversations with it. And I think 
that's you know those are things to to look out for and i think to your point as a senior recruiter hopefully you know the industries you know the players you've got those established relationships uh but anybody coming out of school i think the ability to be able to get information and uh the right information quicker is is massive um what what about in terms of um you know one one of the things i've I've seen more and more now that like trade shows and like these face-to-face interactions are coming back how important has it been just in terms of relationship building like have you are you still primarily doing you know most of the relationship building over the phone or is it, have you seen a shift to like more of a desire a desire for like in person and how you build with clients have you seen a shift kind of yeah. back what, what have you been seeing well for us it's a return not a shift so in other words um you know the, the show stopped in in 2020 um and up until 2020 from like 2010 to 2020 it was a line item in my budget. I, I had $200,000 put aside every year uh, for my senior recruiters to go to a couple of, of major trade shows. And generally in each niche, there's one or two major trade shows, right? As we speak, uh, Larry Botel, uh, one of my top people is in Chicago um, at a cybersecurity trade show. Um, we're big believers in that. As part of my training in according to Daniel, I'm big believers that by going to trade shows um, and really going, like registering for the show, going to the sessions, hobnobbing in the happy hours, being there, it should be exhausting for you. You gotta go to every booth, you gotta get to know people. Um, It always uh, turns into leads for us. We went to the RCM show in Chicago a couple of weeks ago. We always go to the big um, RIMS insurance show. So it, but those shows didn't come back in any sort of size until this year, really. They, they were around last year, but they were so small in number that it wasn't a, a big enough uh, a payoff for us. Now, yeah, there, there's there's going to be three floors of, of, of uh, exhibits and there's going to be three days of a thousand companies in a place. Um, that's very valuable. No question about it. What I haven't seen come back as much because we're in Connecticut, halfway between New York and Boston. So we would routinely... Uh, wrap up a client intake by saying, hey, why don't I hop in a car and take you to lunch tomorrow and we can talk about this search. That doesn't seem to happen as much. People are so used to um, video calls like the one you and I are doing that that seems to have gone by the wayside um, unless it's a very high level retained search in which you're going for a shootout. And and then, yeah, it's put on a suit and and all of a sudden it's uh, back to the old days. But trade shows for sure should be part of everybody's bd approach i think should be in your toolkit yeah i love sure. that yeah look you know i think what I, I love most is just this combining of traditional you know just meeting people right i shouldn't even yeah. say traditional it's just human human interaction yeah. but yeah. with this tech edge and i th- i think recruiters uh, embrace both and love both and can and can leverage tech to be more human or to scale their humanity yeah um, and, and don't just give up and go well you know i can just do everything online now so i'm just going to stick to everything online or go well i don't I'm, I'm not interested in this online i'm not interested in tech i think it's it's the recruiter of the future you've got to know how to navigate both no question and um and i, I love that and i think for other recruitment leaders out there i think it's really even just leveraging 
the knowledge base you have from maybe some of your junior recruiters that are in the know of how some of these tools can be like how Absolutely. can you start to, to leverage those skills as well so no um well i know we're, we're coming up to uh to the end of the episode so danny it's been great to chat i love hearing your insights i um i haven't ended the show this way for a while because i a lot of the focus of the show now has just been internal like tech and haven't had uh, as many agency leaders on on the show yeah. so uh you're one of the few but if you were to give you know just a piece of advice to somebody who is maybe just thinking you know what this first part of my career in recruitment has been absolutely brutal what like words of wisdom would you have for them right now it's a test you know yeah. it's a test uh to me, it's if you were to turn and run and say, this recruiting industry got tough this year, so I bailed and went and did something else, um, then what are you doing? You're saying to your soul, you know, for lack of a better word, when things get tough, I run. Um, and then the next time something gets tough, you'll run again. And guess what? If that becomes who you are, then things don't even get tough and you start to run. Um, and you know, one of the things I'm proudest of is after four recessions came a pandemic where all of a sudden we're, we're in Connecticut, we're in ground zero for the pandemic and they, the state shuts down. And I had 30 recruiters coming into this space every day. And all of a sudden we can't work in our space and all our clients put every single job on hold. And my I, put, I got everybody together in a, in a meeting and I said, I don't know how, but we're going to be okay. And one of my senior recruiters said, well, there hasn't been a pandemic in a hundred years. How do you know we're going to be okay? And I know it sounded arrogant, but four recessions, growing up poor and just saying, hand me a phone, even though I'm working straight commission, I will get rich. I will take care of my parents. I will take care. Um, even though it sounded arrogant when they said, how do you know we're going to be okay? I said, because I won't allow it. Mm. And we found a way. And so, yeah, man, if you, it's a test. If you're resilient and you overcome it, it's a beautiful thing to think that the rest of your life, no matter what comes your way, you might get worried, you might get anxious, but you ain't scared because you know, you know you can do it. You know you'll be okay. So I would, I would tell them to look at this as an opportunity to have a very peaceful life later. I love that. And look, a lot of people have started up recruitment agencies as well, like on the back of being laid off. We've seen a lot of people doing it. And I think, look, you make it through this period of time. This is the perfect learning. Like I'm, I'm much more optimistic about someone starting a business right now and going through, you know, the, the cold calling and the cold email, the cold outreach or building right. a brand, whatever your strategy right. is. Then in 2020, you know, halfway through 2020, where every recruiter I know I mean, you had to you had to be really terrible not to be picking up. Exactly. If you, if you, right. you, you, yeah. you had to have spelled recruiter wrong somewhere on your profile <laughs> yeah. um, to not be successful. But I think people who are who are doing this stuff right now and staying in there, uh, like you said, you you take those experiences and use that as future fuel. Where where can uh, where can people connect with you, Danny? Where can people find your resources? Um, yeah, the training company is called According to Danny. Um, it's an online subscription service. I'd be happy to do a demo for people. The search firm's called Hobson Associates. People can certainly link in with me. Always happy to help anybody at this point in my career. Awesome, guys. Well, 
anyone who's out there, if you're going to connect with Danny, I would say be patient. He's not hanging out on LinkedIn all day like me. So just uh, be patient with him. But I'll Fair I'll drop the link to uh, to uh, according to Danny as well in the in the show chat. And uh, appreciate all your wisdom. Appreciate your time. And uh, I know this is going to provide a ton of value as well in in the future as people listen in. So thanks Great. everyone who's live and Great anyone job. who's listening in. We'll have another show on Wednesday as well. So tune in, and you can get all the recordings. Uh, on my new website, therealistrecruiter.com. Uh, go there and you can see all the past episodes and I'll have more uploaded shortly as well. So thanks again, Danny. Really sure. appreciate it. See you guys.